0: Section 17 of History of New Brunswick This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Roger Moline History of New Brunswick by Peter Fisher Section 17 Appendix Number 2 Extracts relating to the early transactions in Nova Scotia and New Brunswick copied verbatim from papers compiled by by a gentleman who intended to publish an account of new brunswick but was from unexpected circumstances obliged to relinquish the design province of the massachusetts bay notice is hereby given that a squadron of his majesty's ships and divers regiments of foot should winter in nova scotia which will require large supplies of fresh provisions to be sent thither from time to time not only for the support of the sick in the hospitals, but for the refreshment of those that are well, and that His Excellency, Governor Lawrence, hath given assurance that the coasters and other trading in refreshments of that sort shall not only be protected by the Admiral from pressing, but shall receive, both from His Excellency and the Admiral, all manner of countenance and regard. A. Oliver, Secretary, Province of the Massachusetts Bay. Boston, October 31st, 1758. The following proclamation being published in Nova Scotia and transmitted to this government was read in council and ordered to be published in this province. Thomas Clark, Deputy Secretary. By His Excellency, Charles Lawrence, captain-general and commander-in-chief in in and over His Majesty's province of Nova Scotia, or Acadia, in America, vice-admiral of the same, etc., etc., etc. A PROCLAMATION Whereas, by the late success of His Majesty's arms in the reduction of Cape Breton and its dependencies, and also by the demolition and entire destruction of Gaspé, Miramichi, and of St. Lawrence, and on st john's river in the bay of fundy the enemy who have formerly disturbed and harassed the province of nova scotia and much obstructed its progress have been compelled to retire and take refuge in canada a favorable opportunity now presents itself for the peopling and cultivating as well the lands vacated by the french as every other part of that valuable province i have therefore thought fit with the advice of his majesty's Council, to issue this proclamation declaring that i shall be ready to receive any proposals that may hereafter be made to me for effectually settling the said vacated or any other lands within the province aforesaid a description whereof and of the advantages arising from their peculiar nature and situation i have ordered to be published with this proclamation given in the council chamber at halifax this twelfth day of october seventeen fifty eight and in the thirty-second year of his majesty's reign by his excellency's command with the advice of his majesty's council charles lawrence god save the king a description of the lands ordered to be published pursuant to the foregoing proclamation which consist of more than one hundred thousand acres of land Interval and plough lands producing wheat, rye, barley, oats, hemp, flax, etc., these have been cultivated for more than a hundred years past and never fail of crops nor need manuring. Also, more than one hundred thousand acres of upland cleared and stocked with English grass, planted with orchards, gardens, etc., these lands with good husbandry produce often two loads of hay per acre the wild and unimproved lands adjoining abound with black birch ash oak pine fir etc all these lands are so intermixed that every single farmer may have a proportionable quantity of plowland grassland and woodland and are all situated about the bay of fundy upon rivers navigable for ships of burden Proposals will be received by Mr. Hancock of Boston, and by Messrs. Delancey and Watts of New York, to be transmitted to the Governor or President of the Council at Halifax. Copy. His Majesty's Confirmation of the Plan for Settling the Province of Nova Scotia. At the Court of St. James, the 16th day of February, 1760. Seal present the king's most excellent majesty lord keeper earl gower lord president viscount barrington lord steward lord delaware earl of hindford mr vice chamberlain whereas there was this day read to the board a representation from the lords commissioners of trade and plantations dated the thirtieth of december last containing an account of the proceedings of the governor in council of nova scotia with regard to the settling of the lands evacuated by the removal of the french inhabitants from that province as well as other tracts of land in the wild and uncleared part of that country and also with regard to the terms and conditions upon which the said governor and council have agreed to make grants of the said lands and the said lords commissioners being of opinion that the plan so laid down by the said governor and council will be a means of the speedy settling the vacant lands in that province and therefore proper to receive his majesty's approbation his majesty has this day took the said representation into consideration and is hereby pleased with the advice of his privy council TO DECLARE HIS ROYAL APPROBATION OF THE SAID PLAN OF THE SAID GOVERNOR AND COUNCIL FOR THE SPEEDY SETTLING THE VACANT LANDS IN THAT PROVINCE, AND ALSO OF THE TERMS AND CONDITIONS AGREED UPON FOR THAT PURPOSE, AND DOTH THEREFORE ORDER THAT THE GOVERNOR OR COMMANDER-IN-CHIEF OF HIS PROVINCE OF NOVA SCOTIA, FOR THE TIME BEING, DO CARRY THE SAME INTO EXECUTION. SIGNED W. SHARP extract of a letter from his excellency governor lawrence to the agent for the province of nova scotia at boston dated twenty fourth june seventeen sixty i am ready to receive farther proposals in consequence of his majesty's approbation of our measures from any person or persons who will offer themselves to become settlers in this province AND THAT ALL DUE ENCOURAGEMENT SHALL BE GIVEN THEM TO THE UTMOST LIMITS OF THE AUTHORITY WITH WHICH HIS MAJESTY HAS BEEN PLEASED TO INVEST THE GOVERNOR AND COUNCIL OF THIS PROVINCE. of BENNY, PROPOSALS LEFT WITH MR. HANCOCK WILL BE TRANSMITTED TO THE GOVERNOR AT Halifax. CAPTAIN BRAGDON INFORMS US THAT CAPTAIN FISHER IN A SLOOP FROM ANNAPOLIS ROYAL BOUND TO FORT CUMBERLAND was cast away in the Bay of Fundy, on board of which was Lieutenant Tong, an engineer, with a considerable sum of money which was lost, together with the lives of two or three persons on board. Friday last arrived here the province ship King George, Captain Hallowell from Lewisburg, and a cruise. From Lewisburg, we learned that the armed vessels lately sent out thence had been at Pictou, and burnt five or six vessels which the enemy took from us last year and brought off some plunder, and that the Indians from St. John, who brought the account of the five French men of war being in the Bay of Chaleur, also informed that they had landed four hundred men in order to attack Fort Cumberland. Arrived here Colonel Arthenault, who commanded at fort frederick in st john's river the year past also several other officers and a number of soldiers belonging to this province who have garrisoned his majesty's forts up the bay of fundy and now discharged arrived here being relieved by a number of soldiers lately enlisted in this province for that service we hear that the Indians behave well and still continue to come into the forts at Nova Scotia and carry on trade very peaceably. Extract of a letter from Colonel Fry to His Excellency the Governor, dated Fort Cumberland, Chignecto, March seventh seventeen sixty. Sir, I informed Your Excellency on my last of tenth december of the submission of the french peasants residing at miramichi richabucto buctouche petticodiak and merrimacurk made by their deputies sent here for that purpose on the thirtieth of january last mr maynac a french priest who has had the charge of the people at miramichi Richibucto, and buctouche and a number of the principal men of those places arrived here when they received their submission in a formal manner by subscribing to articles drawn suitable to the case, whereby, among other things, they have obliged themselves and people they represent to come to Bay Verte with all their effects and shipping as early in the spring as possible in order to be disposed of as Governor Lawrence shall direct. With the French priest came two Indian chiefs, paul lawrence and Augustine michael lawrence tells me he was a prisoner in boston and lived with mr hemshaw a blacksmith he is chief of a tribe at richabucto i have received their submissions for themselves and for their tribes to his britannic majesty and sent them to halifax for the terms of governor lawrence i have likewise received the submission of two other chiefs who I dealt with as before mentioned, and was in hopes I had no more treaties to make with savages. But he told me I was mistaken, for there would be a great many more upon the same business, as soon as their spring hunting was over. And upon my inquiring how many, he gave me a list of fourteen chiefs, including those already mentioned, copy of which I have enclosed, most of which he said would come, I was surprised to hear of such a number of Indian chiefs in this part of America, and Mr. Manak further told me that they were all of one nation and known by the name of Micmacs, that they were very numerous, amounting to near three thousand souls, that he had learned their language since he had been among them, and found so much excellence in it that he was well persuaded if the beauties of it were known in Europe there would be seminaries erected for the propagation of it. How that might be is better known to him than to those who know nothing of the language, but I think I may venture to say that if there be so many of these Indians as he says there are, I know this province, as it abounds very plentifully with furs, may reap a vast advantage by them, provided Canada returns not into the hands of the French about the time that mr maynac arrived here there came in eight men one of whom was a new england man one irishman and the rest italians and spaniards who informed me they deserted from a french frigate that lay frozen at the head of Gaspe harbour the two former belonged to a vessel commanded by captain malcolm of boston who was taken by the above frigate as she was returning from quebec where she had been on a trading voyage. Names of the Indian chiefs inhabiting the coast of Acadia Louis Francis, chief of Miramichi Denis Winmoe Ditto Tabogimkik Etienne Abchabo Ditto Pohomouche Claude Atanaze Ditto Gidiac. Paul Lawrence ditto, La Ave. Joseph Algamore, ditto, Chignecto. John Newitt, ditto, Pictu. Baptiste Lamouroux, ditto, Isle of St. John's. Rani, ditto, Nalkitgoniash. Jano piguita Wellwet, ditto, tell Batelmi Angoulette. Ditto Minas Augustine Michael Ditto Richabto End of Section seventeen Recording by Roger Mallen